0: Would you please stand and remain standing? And we have a plenty of gifts. So what uh okay, y'all go ahead and start passing. When you get your gift, you can be seated. As they're passing this out, um uh, going to read a passage of scripture concerning moms of course, this famous passage in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She planted a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yet she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, and all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry Her clothing is silk and purple Her husband is known in the gates When he sitteth among the elders of the land She maketh fine linen and selleth it girdle, Delivering girdles unto the merchants Strength and honor are her clothing And she shall rejoice in time to come This sounds like a very busy lady Okay, So most moms are by the way She openeth her mouth with wisdom And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. That is for sure. Her children arise up and say, what's for breakfast? I'm sorry. Arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also asks what's for supper. I mean, praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Makeup is good. No, sorry. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And which that means is that uh, wives and moms are busy people. And uh, there's no end to it. My wife said the perfect Mother's Day... And I don't know if it's happened yet, or maybe Mother's Day week would be if I could get through a day or a week when nobody asks me what's for supper or breakfast or for lunch or what are we eating next. And, uh, <laughs> she said that'd be a great day or a great week. And, uh, and sometimes that is the case. Always I think it's their job. And, uh, Brother Norman, I'm going to let you introduce the special. Is Braden here? Braden has our special this morning. And, uh, it's, that's a, an old hymn that Aaron Schust, who's the original writer of, or not the writer, but the, uh, singer of that song, he just redid that, uh, an old hymn and made that into it. It's pretty neat. All right, go ahead and grab your, uh, Bible and get, let's get headed to First Samuel chapter 1 and get started here this morning. Of course, I, I uh, think I've shared this before, I love the story about the, the gr- great-grandmother actually celebrating her 90th birthday in church, and uh, it happened to be in or around Mother's Day, and uh, said, this is awesome, your birthday is today on Mother's Day, uh, near Mother's Day. We will allow you to pick out... Uh, uh, three hymns during the worship service. And, uh, came her time, and she said, I can pick three hymns. She said, they said, sure, that's all. So she stood up and she said, I'll take hymn, hymn, and hymn. <laughs> and, uh, so, <clears throat> she was ready for her to pick out a hymn. One of my favorites. I, my memo called the other day. What she called. She's getting excited about coming. Uh, she is, and but in her uh, senior years, she uh, loves. She always has done this, but it's getting worse. And uh, she, everybody, every, there's always negative, Chuck. There's always negative. It's just like everybody's out to get her, you know the manager at Brookshire Brothers wouldn't let me have my senior citizens discount and uh so I just want to get that senior citizen discount. I mean I one time I said, Mama, you can't always get a senior citizen's discount. And she's I was at AutoZone getting some new brake pads for my truck. And she said, Watch me. Went up there. I want a senior citizen's discount on these brake pads for my grandson. It scared that manager so bad, he gave her 15% off. And I said, she said, I told you. I said, I'm not even going to argue with you. But uh, she was after somebody the other day and uh, whatnot. And when she comes in for the wedding, y'all better not tell her I told any of this. And uh, But anyway, and I said, Memo, just... She was that, talking about her neighbor. She was talking about the banker. She was talking about the butcher. She was talking about everybody. And I said, Memma, can you name one person that's been nice to you this month? One person, anybody?" Well, you're pretty nice to me. I said, "Somebody besides family, anybody?" So just anybody. And I said, "Bake a cake for somebody. Take it to somebody. Just." Just you don't have to it doesn't always have to be so negative all the time. It can be positive. You can actually do something nice for somebody. You know that's that's in the Bible. You can actually be nice to people and say something good about somebody. And I preached to her that, but anyway, she she I love my mom Reese. She is who she is and uh, so I try to encourage all of my family, and you should too, to do the right thing. First Samuel chapter one needed parents to rise to the task Mom it is Mother's Day, taking a little bit different slant on this a little bit uh we have moms. In here, we have mothers. We, we want you to do right. And now, as I'm, it is moms and mother's day, but I'll be speaking to the dads too, so dads don't tune out and don't go to sleep, okay? Uh, or else there will be a mom or a wife that will jab you and, uh, or get your attention somewhere or another. I'll never forget in church, uh, we used to get the, Old ear twist. I don't know how y'all's parents did anything, but we got the ear twist. And uh cartilage crunching ear twist and uh different all sorts of different things uh to get our attention. First Samuel chapter one, let's all stand for the reading of God's word. If you have a baby, you don't have to stand, okay? So somebody said, Give me that baby. <laughs> no. And uh, th- I'm just thankful that you have the kids in church. First Samuel chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. The Word of God says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Notice verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, If thou would indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget your handmaiden, then and will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. Thank you for all the parents that are here, the moms, everybody. Thank you for this day that we... Uh, Remember and honor mothers everywhere Forgive us of our sins Let your Holy Spirit be in charge In Jesus' name, Amen You may be seated Thank you for honoring the Lord and His Word And as you keep reading, we notice this story That, uh, matter of fact, uh, she was praying She was moving her mouth, but praying I've done that before you move in your mouth, you're talking you may be talking to yourself, but she was praying to the Lord. And Eli said, My goodness. He didn't really know she didn't say Hannah. He said, uh said, Well, what's what's this woman doing? She's her mouth is moving, maybe she's drunk. And uh said uh verse fourteen asked him about that. And Hannah said, No, no, I'm not a woman drunk. I haven't been drinking and, uh, in verse 16, matter of fact, don't, hey, I'm not one of those unbelievers going to that other church over there, that church of Belial. Huh. I'm not one of those ladies. Okay? And, uh, and said, now listen, verse 17, Eli answered and said, well, go in peace because guess what? God is going to give you a son. God's going to give you a son. And, uh, she said, let thy handmaid, I'm in verse 18, find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Now, just, let me just talk about what I've called the tremendous, uh, value of parenthood. This, I mean, that, this is a natural desire that God put in every mom. And, matter of fact, uh, I think we might have shared this before, but, uh, you know, God, on the first day, He made earth, space, everything. Just boom! Okay? He just made all, then He made stars and different things, and later on the animals, and of course He made man. And every time He made light and dirt and all that stuff, every time He made it, He said, That's good. That's good. And then He made a man. And he said, that's good, but then he said, you know what's not good? He doesn't have a wife. He needs a wife. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I love the two stories on that. Uh, there's two stories, one from a man's point of view and one from a woman's point of view on the creation. And uh, the first one is, is he made man and he looked at man and he said, you know what? I can do better than that. And he made a woman, okay? Now, that's to the woman's point of view. And, uh, you know, and then after he made man, the Bible says he rested. And then he made woman, and nobody's had any rest ever since then. So That's from the man's point of view, okay? So there's two ways you can look at creation there. And uh, you take the side that you like and just go with it, okay? But both of them are true. The very first thing, very first thing that God ever did where He said it's not good, and that is for a man to be alone. So He said that's not good. He did say that. Not good for a man to be alone, so He created a woman. And this woman, He put in her, and the Bible says that God, excuse me, Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Very interesting word there, but follow me very closely. God put in every woman a nurturing instinct. Now most women uh some women work at this nurturing instinct. Some women are not natural nurturers, but it's there. God did put it in them. Some women are, I mean, naturally nurturing. Some women, I mean, I've seen like uh little girls. They 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 love to nurture. Where do they get that? God put it in there. Okay? And so guess what Hannah has? Hannah has a desire to nurture and take care. And she doesn't want to take care of her husband the rest of her life, okay? She wants a child. Matter of fact, she's got a specific request, which tells me something. Did you know that it's okay to be specific? Guys out there, if you're praying, saying, boy, I would love a son. It's okay to pray that. Hannah did. Hannah prayed for a man-child, It's okay to say, well, I would love a little girl. Lord, give us a little. Sometimes He doesn't always follow through, but He gives us or doesn't give us according to His will. Okay? So she was praying a very specific prayer, and she had two things. I paid specific attention. She vowed a vow in verse 11. And then a very famous passage In uh, Psalms 127, if you'll slide over there real quick, Psalms 127, the Word of God says in verse 3, says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy. Notice it says, so children are of the youth, because when you get older, children are work. I mean, it's work being a parent. Now, I'm going to get on that in just a second. And then it says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Well, tremendous value of, of parenthood. Got something landed right there. There we go. Got it. Now, Hannah desired it, and uh, folks, one of the greatest things that you could ever do is raise kids, but raise them in church. Don't send them to church, bring them to church. Don't send them to Sunday school, bring them to Sunday school. Be involved, I mean, think about it. Some parents will invest hours, I mean, think about it. I was visiting with one fellow. Uh, the other day, and he said, uh, we were talking about raising kids, and this fellow here is a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire, he's authored, uh, had the opportunity, to authored several books, anyway, and he said, growing up, his dad paid him, paid him good money to read books, now this fellow writes books, okay. He paid him money to, he said he said, well Dad, I don't really don't care about reading. He said, "I'm going to put my money where I think there's value and i- I value education, and I want you to to read and he assigned him classic reading material, Bible, classic books, and he paid him to read it. He said, Well, why can't I um, get paid like other kids get paid in chores and he said, uh you're a member of this family, you're going to take out the trash and wash the dishes or do whatever I tell you to do because you're a member of the family, but I'm putting my money where I, where I value and so he put his value there. I've seen parents and many of them are in here this morning. you will sink money into your child where you where your values are okay your time and your money will go into what you value what you want your kids to know and deem important. But a lot of times, what we deem or put and sink into them aren't always spiritual things. They'll know, uh, and it's good. Now, folks, as I use these examples, don't think, I mean, I've had my kids in sports and recreation, all kinds of stuff, but I've got to put in them what I value. And I value spiritual things. I value, uh, spiritual time together. I value church camp. I value vacation Bible school. I value church. And of course, obviously, well, you're the preacher. Well, yeah, yeah, but I've seen it work for everybody. Everybody. And you can sink hundreds and thousands of dollars into your child and they will be good and know whatever you are sinking into them? And what are we sinking into them? What are we valuing? Uh, the value of parenthood. Now, Hannah followed through. I want to look, first of all, she, so guess what? She vowed about. She said, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this. So the Lord said, okay, here you go. Here's a man-child. Boom! Samuel is born. So she... And and follows through, brings Samuel to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. In other words, chopped up some meat. And she said unto my, O my Lord, as my soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee, here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him." Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he shall live, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So she followed through with his promise. There's an interesting passage in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5. Notice this one real quick. Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 4. Now... It says in the King James Bible, if you've got one of those, when thou vowest a vow unto God. It says here, basically, I'm going to put this in country terminology. If you ever tell God you're going to do something, you better do it. Okay? It says here, when you defer not to pay it, you better follow through with your word. And then in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Verse 5, it says, Better it is that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. In other words, be a person of your word. Now listen, she followed through with what she had promised God. She said, God, please give me a son. Now, <clears throat> Taylor, of course, is... uh This would be 20 years old. She's 19 and 15 sixteenths. Some people say, saying, I'm five and a half years old. Notice wh- what age is it whenever you stop using halves. <laughs> you know, when you're growing up and in school, I'm seven and a half. You know, I've never heard Brother Ed say, I'm 83 and a half. You know, So I'm just kidding, Brother Ed. <laughs> I stretched it because I knew he could handle it i'm eighty three and a half no no we there's an age somewhere where you stop using halves, but I don't know what it is. You can tell me after church but but anyway, and so as you' as you're getting up and you having this child and uh looking at having this promise to raise our kids in church and do what we should do as parents and as moms, and I think about this time here, we have an example of Hannah saying, you know what? I'm going to follow through. I'm going to follow through. Parents, I need you to follow through. Taylor is, uh, she's fisting move out. Caleb is uh 14. Allie Joe's fisting, she's fisting to be 12. You always say with the fisting to be. That's a English word, by the way, fisting to be. Y'all know what I said. Okay? Guess what? How long do you have your kids before the concrete sets up and it seems like the, the time comes where, that's it. Mom and dad, you can't tell me anything else. Parents, when they get to that point, stop. Let them learn. Just let them learn. I was visiting with a parent the other day. I loved his parenting skills. He's dealing with a second grader, I think. Second grader. And he's trying to improve writing skills. Ten sentences. Write these ten sentences. It might have been five sentences. Very, just sentences on one piece of paper. I want you to write these just this way, son. Because you need practice on... I want you to actually be able to write where people can actually kind of read it. And the son said, second grade. No! And, okay, you're going to sit at the table until you write... I I love this. I love this. Miss Betty, I love this. Parent, that's what I do. Never had this happen... Probably because they knew that it was going to cause, have pain involved, but the uh, <clears throat> parent and uh, this dad put him there. Said you cannot get up from the table till you write the no. So the child laid down on the chair, took a nap on the table, didn't get up, missed two meals. Six hours later, finally it was bedtime. Okay, off to bed, and uh, next uh, might have got something to eat. I don't know. Next day, same sheet of paper, put it there. Six hours later, finally wrote them out. Next day, you know, these are homeschooled kids, by the way. You think this is terrible parenting? This is great parenting. Okay? Because why? Because if you won't, if you can't break them into second grade, you won't have diddly squat to say to them at 14. Okay? Your parenting ability will be down to zero. Okay? Because they'll be telling you what to do. Alright? And, uh, but anyway, second grade, and, uh, guess what? The third day, instead of six hours, took six seconds. Guess what? They learned that all I gotta do is write this out and I'm done! And guess what? Par- that's great parenting skills. Matter of fact, I didn't have time to put all the verses in there. If this is looking at examples of bad parenting, and uh, I love the proverb that says, you know, there's people also talking about spoiling the child and sparing the rod and all this. And matter of fact, it says to to corporal punishment, to use it on your kids. In the Bible, it says that. matter of fact, it says, don't let his crying fool you. This is Michael Reese's version. You can look it up. It's in there. Don't let His crying fool you. He's not going to die. Okay? He's not going to die. He'll be okay. His backside will be fine. The Bible says that. Okay? But all it is is why God says, listen to me very quickly, God is the ultimate parent. He has never made a mistake. And guess what the Bible says? He whips His children. It does. Now, I mean, the kids are saying... Well, what kind of sermon is this? Don't be preaching that, Brother Michael. This not, doesn't sound very good. You sure that's in the Bible? I'm sorry, kids, it is. But you'll thank us later. I'm thankful. I didn't get enough weapons, you know, and our belt said, I need thee every hour, okay? It said that all the time, it said that I didn't get enough weapons. I was, and now Caleb is, Looks just like me. And acts just like me. Okay. An example of bad parenting. First Samuel, chapter two, verse twenty-seven. I've got to fly through these. Eli was an example of a bad parent. Now, folks, listen. Uh, somebody said one time, "Why don't? Isn't it a whole lot easier? Is it harder to learn from your mistakes?" or to learn from somebody else's mistakes. You should know. It's easier to learn from other people's mistakes than learn things your hard way, okay? Whoa, learn that one the hard way. Never drive a car under an 18-wheeler. That's not a good thing to do, okay? That's not going to work out for you very well, okay? You can learn things the hard way or learn from other people's mistakes. Eli was not a good parent neither by the way neither will Samuel Just to find out 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 27 okay the word of god says this <clears throat> and it, there came a man of god unto eli and said unto him thus saith the lord did i plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in egypt in pharaoh's house and did i not choose him out of all the tribes in other words your lineage of people to burn incense, to wear an ephod, did I not give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, I'm in 1 Samuel 2, 29, why do you kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offerings which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me? Folks, it's dangerous business to put your kids ahead of God. This man told Eli, your sons, you put your sons ahead of me, they're sleeping with prostitutes at church. That's what was going on with Eli's son, Hophni and Phinehas. Okay? And you take the chief offerings. You're a disgrace as a preacher. Your sons are disgraced as so-called preachers. They're sleeping with prostitutes at church. And you know what? I'm gonna kill them. And guess what? When he heard the news about it, he died too. He was lazy. The Bible teaches it. He was lazy and did not care. He talked the talk, but he never really got his... He should have let the hammer down on his sons. He didn't. You now, guess who Eli was raising as like a stepson? He was getting a second shot at parenthood with Samuel. Samuel saw this. And if you read the Bible and read the verses that I have for you, guess what Samuel did? Samuel said, I'm not going to do what Eli did. Eli was lazy. He was lazy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a workaholic. And he was. And if you turn over to uh, 1 Samuel 8, 1-5... through Samuel was known as the circuit-riding preacher. In 1 Samuel 8, verse 1, it came to pass when Samuel was old, and he made his sons judges over Israel. And the first one's named Joel, and the second one, Abiah. And they were judges. And Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways and turned aside after lucre, took bribes, and perverted judgment. Matter of fact, uh, everybody in town knew it. And you can read verse 4 and 5. I believe with all my heart that what happened was is that Samuel went on the other extreme. He worked so much, he was never at home to raise his kids. And his kids went off again and did what they wanted to do, became uh, perverted judges, and were horrible. But that's two balances. Folks, parenting is hard work. Moms moms do. and And the old comedian probably is not far from the truth. Moms do so much. Now, there's a now I know there's exceptions to all rules talking about the way people are people and moms do this and dads do that, okay? I've seen great dads that are like moms and great moms that are like dads, if you follow my drift. But it takes teamwork. A lot of people say, That's your job. That quit that quit that. It's not so and so's job, it's teamwork. 'Cause someday, some not everybody's going to be able to get up. If somebody's sick in the bed puking, somebody else is going to have to take out the trash. It's not so and so's job. Okay? And so don't look at parenting. Well, that's your job, that's your kid, that's my kid. This teamwork. And especially being raised in a broken home, in a broken home where I had steps and ins and outs. Folks, it has to be teamwork with that. It has to be. Or, folks, it's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. Alright? That's examples of bad parenting. Matter of fact, uh, if you flip slide on over to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. Very uh, powerful verse. Listen to me. Matter of fact, it's a heartbreaking verse. And... uh in Proverbs ten one it says this in Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. In other words, uh you know, it's just like I love the Bill Cosby routine, you know, the dad raises their kid to play football. Man raising Pee-wee football. Man, I raised my kid. Yeah, get up. Get up. Boom. Yeah, knock him down. Make your son tough. Boom. Yeah, yeah, come on. You know, and your son grows up, and he does all this, and you invest time. Teach him how to quarterback. Yeah. Block. Boom. Tackle. Uh, yeah, hit the ball. Boom. You know, and they get all this, and they get to college. Man, they can hit it a mile long, and they can hit the ball, and they can run the ball. Man, they do great, and the dad says, yeah, that's my son. That's my. I'm so proud of my son. And it says it right there in Proverbs ten one. That's my boy. Yeah. Y'all see my son. He makes the pros. He gets drafted. He gets there. He scores a touchdown. He's in front of the camera. Hi, Mom. My son. We're proud dads. But when a son is put in the spotlight... You've seen it before on television. Hi, mom. It's all about mom. Then that Proverbs 10.1 A son. It don't matter. Son. It means son means child. And a child that goes astray, a child that goes off and just trashes everything they know is right. The Bible says. Breaks the heart of their mom. Maybe it's because dads, we can compartmentalize. We can say, "I taught them better," <laughs> and then the mom just their heart is broken. That's what Proverbs ten one says. But their heart is broken. So you think about that if you ever make decisions, not only are you breaking God's heart, you're breaking your mom's heart too. <clears throat> well, flip, run real quick. Now the other scripture that I had in there is David. David was not a good parent. He set a bad example. He wasn't really lazy and he wasn't really gone. He just did some bad, made some bad decisions. Oh, and by the way, it cost him. And by the way, oh yeah, his son Absalom, who wanted to kill him, when the mess he—I mean, his son wanted to kill his dad. And when the messenger came and said, "Your son Absalom is dead," David was heartbroken because it was even though his son rebelled, he was still he loved his children. He loved his kids so quickly. In closing, Titus chapter two. What, what do we need to do? As moms, I want moms to rise to the task. I, you know, and again, it's not don't don't raise your kids according to Doctor Spock. That's a uh, uh, idiot psychologist from the '60s, and uh, or or even according to Michael Reese, raise your kids according to the Word of God. Period. It doesn't even have to be according to a man, okay and uh so you know think about it, just just raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, the Bible says now, Titus chapter two, verse one, okay, he's telling this guy, hey, Titus, this is what you need to teach your church because Paul is writing telling a preacher what you need to teach a church. by the way, guess what? I'm a preacher. And I'm preaching to my church. What should I be preaching? I need to preach the things that become sound doctrine. And also, I need to tell the older men that they need to be serious, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and and in love, and in patience. It says charity, but it means love. Wait, Brother Myra, are you telling us we gotta love people? Uh, yeah, duh. You're supposed to be saved. You're a Christian. Okay. The aged women, older women, I like the King James way it says, the aged women, the older ladies, all right? Likewise, that you need to be in behavior as becomes holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine. And that means, by the way, if you read the King James Bible, what that means is not addicted to stuff, okay? Teachers of good things. Oh, by the way, false accusers, that means if you... Like I told my momma, if you can't say anything good about somebody, I need to interpret this. If you can't say anything good about somebody, close your mouth. All right? And notice verse 4. Now I want to just stop on verse 4 a second. That they, the older women teach the younger women to be sober, or serious. That sober means serious, and if you have a King James Bible. To love their husbands and love their children. Stop. We really have to... Wait a second. To love... (coughs) Do do we have to teach this? Does somebody need to teach Karen to love me? Did you know this? That there's some people... That may not. Have you ever heard the phrase that more is caught than it's taught? More is caught than taught. In other words, my kids—I got three of them sitting here. They're all mine. Guess what? They see. They know me. And guess what? It would, y'all can, y'all can interview them and ask them, is your dad always that away? How is he? Ask, ask about Karen. Now behind the scenes, when y'all really, when they're not at church, how are they? How are they really? If y'all want to talk to them, be, they're old enough now. Be my guest. Talk to them. Ask them. Find out all the dirty secrets you can't because there aren't any. We're the same at church as we are at home. And they're going to catch whatever we exemplify. Okay? And that verse, that verse in the Bible, and believe it, there's a verse in the Bible that says, the older women teach what? The younger women do two things. What? Love their husbands and love their children. That doesn't seem natural. You know what I mean? Why does that have to be taught? You know why? Because sometimes... This world can throw confusing messages like, you know what? If you're tired of your husband, leave him. And hey, guess what? Those kids, let the grandmother raise them. There's people that say, just just abandon responsibility. Did you know that sometimes you may be dealt, and this is a metaphor, dealt a hand of cards... And you just have to play the hand you're dealt with. In other words, life is not perfect. And it may not... I didn't have the perfect marriage. I didn't have perfect kids. I don't have a perfect job. So what? Do the best you can. And ask God to help you along the way. Because it's not easy. It's hard work. And it takes team effort. Oh, and by the way... Marriage is made up, should be made up of three and that's husband, wife and the Lord and you've got to have him you've got to have him as we prepare for him invitation what's the name of the message? we need parents we need, and I know moms and a lot of it falls to the moms but it shouldn't husbands, don't leave your Wives hanging. Dad, step up to the task. I mean, we, sometimes we say, well, that's your mom's job. No, it's not. It's teamwork. It's teamwork. And moms need our help. Wives can't do it alone. Moms can't always do it by themselves. They need help. And we, we need to rise to the occasion because, folks, parenthood is serious business. Oh, by the way. By the way, if you've got prodigal children, if you've got prodigal children, and you're stuck with raising grandkids or even great grandkids, do the best you job, do the best job you can do, best job you can do. I mean, I've always preached this kind of like I preached divorce. You know, put the saying, "I need." I've learned from the past. I'm going to do the best thing I can do right now. i you know, so. You can, I don't need to say this, Paul said it, forgetting those things which are behind, it doesn't mean that I don't learn from them. It just means put the past in the past, do the best I can do right now for the Lord. For the Lord. That's what he wants. That's what he wants.